Welcome into the Fantasy Football Fathers, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by two of my best friends, Tyler Big Herbie Herbach. What up? And Trey Jose. How you doing? We are the Fantasy Football Fathers, and you can follow us on Twitter and Spotify. Uh, that's where our that's our main platform for our podcast right now. We're posting all sorts of fantasy football content on Twitter, and we will also be posting links to all of our episodes. Today, we're going to go through our waiver wire ads for the week, some news and notes as well. And just so you guys know, we plan on uh, posting a waiver wire show every Tuesday morning from here on out for the rest of the season and then a uh, Stardom Sidem lineups episode every Thursday morning uh, from here on out for the rest of the season. So uh, make sure to tune in on Tuesdays and Thursdays morning uh, for our fantasy insight. Tuesdays and Thursdays. Keep an eye out. <laughs> so let's start off with uh, with some news and notes. Um, I guess we'll kick it off here with some of the biggest news, or I guess, in my opinion, the biggest news of the weekend was the Brandon Ayuk, Trey Sermon, 49ers situation. Uh, Trey Sermon was a healthy scratch, while Ayuk was basically a healthy scratch. He saw very limited playing time. Uh, no targets, wasn't really involved at all. Uh, the rumors right now are that both missed a curfew, and that had something to do with it. I'm really not sure how true that is, but Ayuk has also been dealing with a hamstring, which can be a tricky injury. So maybe they were just trying to ease him in, but the fact that he wasn't even uh, didn't seem to be in the game plan at all was uh, obviously a shocker to all of us. Um, I have some shares of Ayuk myself, and of course started him. So was searching for the uh, the info on the internet, you know, while the game was happening, and I found some you know beat writer information from the Bay Area. Um, where this beat writer was saying that basically Brandon Ayuk started off strong and then fell off uh, in training camp and was starting to get outplayed by Shearfield. And now Trent Shearfield is the wide receiver to own or to have in in fantasy because uh, Ayuk has apparently fallen off. So um, like all of you, I was pretty frustrated because it's like, we could have used that information, you know, a week ago or, you know, before the game started, but pretty curious to me that they started, you know, posting stuff once the game already started, but Hey, whatever. Um, so your guys' thoughts on Brandon Ayuk situation, do you have any thoughts? Uh, yeah. I mean that both of them missing curfew. I mean, there's probably some validity to that, you know, I mean, that people already are out there talking about it. Um, with that being said, why I mean I understand like taking him out of the ball game a little bit, but like the whole game seems crazy. Sounds like a Bill Belichick type of move. Uh, so that's the first thing I thought. <laughs> so I mean, it maybe maybe it's that you know you're you got a first week of the season, you got to make a point at, to your players. So um, I Ayuk falling off at the rest of training camp seems crazy. I mean, he was electric all of last year. It seems really weird. Like what if he was falling off? I think it, it would have to be injury related, not anything that was going on physically yes. or not going on like off the field you know so here's one of the tweets i found we actually retweeted one of these during on sunday during the game on our uh, uh on our twitter page but uh trent F- shearfield is the first wide receiver to pair with debo samuel he simply outperformed brandon Ayuk in camp to earn the spot and that was posted like late second quarter during the game where's the news why are you holding it back? <laughs> exactly like this is massive news in the fantasy industry and and nothing i didn't see anything on this throughout training camp at all so whatever's going on with the beat writers in the bay area or what what kind of um hold shanahan has on the beat writers there i'm not sure man but definitely a, a struggle we'll talk about some waiver wire additions um and, and maybe if you should pick up Shearfield or not later on in the episode. But if you need a reason to follow our Twitter, just follow our Twitter because we will show you those kind of insights in the middle of Sundays, middle of Mondays, hopefully before the Sunday, so you can get your lineup set. 
Yeah. But uh, follow our Twitter. We'll get you those breaking news, hopefully, before the game starts like this guy did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and the Trey Sermon thing, I you know, healthy scratch. It was a third-round draft pick. So something happened there because, obviously, they, they spent too much draft capital on him to just not play him and play a guy that they drafted in the sixth round instead of him. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, that one probably is really like, Hey, like you're a rookie. You can't be missing curfew. Yeah. You know, I think that's definitely sending a message. Like that's not going to fly around here yeah. regardless well, of what we're, what we're drafting. And here. also the beat writer said, you know, apparently a, uh, Brandon, a, you is, is still learning how to be a pro, which, you know, I mean, he averaged 17 fantasy points a game, I think through the back stretch of the season that where he was really involved. It's like, okay, well, was he not a pro then? <laughs> Cause he seems like a pro to me, but I don't know, man, it definitely a weird situation. Don't go dropping sermon or Ayuk. Uh, definitely wait this one out because I think things will change and you know, who knows how many more games we'll get out of Debo Samuel. So, uh, next piece of news, Jerry Judy, uh, high ankle sprain, supposed to be out six to eight weeks. Uh, pretty tough news there. Um, if you don't have any IR spots, kind of tough to hold on to them, um, in my opinion. But uh, hopefully your league has some IR spots set up where you can stash them. Uh, of course, Tim Patrick, um, KJ Hamler, the guys there that, that are probably the ones to add. Uh, Rohe- uh, Raheem Mostert. <laughs> Uh, went two for 20, then got hurt again. Um, he's placed on IR out for eight weeks. So uh, we'll obviously talk about Elijah Mitchell and our waiver wires, um, but expect Trey Sermon to probably come back uh, sooner rather than later with uh, Mostert being out. If you own Raheem Mostert, just jump ship, man. I'm telling you, trade him for anything you can get. I, I would have well, did that last year, now, honestly. <laughs> yeah, or you can hold on to him for another what, uh, nine weeks, apparently, until he yeah. plays again. Hope he has a good game, and then trade him for even more value. You don't want him on your team. He's not going to win you a championship, man. Trade him if you can get any value. Well, honestly, I, I'm straight dropping most at this point. Yeah, there's, I mean, eight weeks. He's injured all the time. He'll probably mm-hmm. come back for a week and be hurt again. You he know, was, just knowing the way he is. He was worth the hey. Let's see if he stays healthy, especially when you know Trey Sermon got scratched um was an inactive everyone was like oh man most of it's going for 200 plus you know but what about a dynasty league so uh are you you just gonna cut him out 31 he's up there he's not a young um Um, i mean i think most dynasty leagues have you know three or four ir spots so i think in a dynasty league you you might be worse stashing if you have that many spots but it's gonna be based off of your specific league yeah i mean they drafted two running backs in, in the draft this year, they're obviously looking for the future. So I don't know how much longer they're going to be willing to pay a guy who misses more than half the season every year. So uh, next piece of news, Zach Moss was a, a healthy scratch. Um, some of our older episodes, um, I talked about how I just, I've never really liked Zach Moss as a player. I just don't think he's that good. And I think the coaching staff is starting to lose their patience because they, Scratched him, wasn't injury-related, and Matt Breida um, was getting playing time over him. So it's worth monitoring for now. I, you know, I don't say, I guess, automatically jab Zach Moss. I didn't draft him anywhere because I kind of had this feeling it was going to happen anyway. But uh, Matt Breida might be worth an ad uh, if he's available in your league. Oh, God. That's a deep league. <laughs> <laughs> well, if something happens to Singletary, I mean, they're obviously not – thrilled on Zach Moss. So, um, you know, and if Singletary is available, you definitely worth stashing him. But, um, uh, next piece of news, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, unfortunately, man, uh, hip injury. He's supposed to be getting a second opinion and the team hasn't ruled him out, uh, for return this season yet, but it's looking more and more likely that that's the case. Of course, Heineke is going to step in and um, he's, you know, he makes plays, you know, he's, I think he's going to keep those. I think he's going to keep the uh, scary Terry relevant and, um, you know, Curtis Samuel, if he ever comes back, um, he'll keep him relevant. I think he has that in him. And I don't think you have to worry about Antonio Gibson. If anything, it's a, maybe even a a plus to Antonio Gibson because, they're going to need him. They're going to need him to be a workhorse, and he kind of already is. 
um, 20 carries, 90 yards. I uh, want to see a little bit more scoring production, but uh, he's definitely got a workhorse role in Washington. Are you guys worried about the weapons in Washington with Fitzpatrick being out? Oh, well, first of all, RIP Fitzpatrick, my uh, dark horse MVP <laughs> candidate like four months ago. Yeah. Ah, man, how ironic is it, though, that we have an older quarterback in the league with a, a hip injury? <laughs> oh, man, Fitz loses his hips. Come on now. That's kind of crazy. I, I was I was just looking up that hip uh, subluxation is what they're calling the injury. And apparently that's when the, the ball is not fully in the socket. All you need to know is just look up a x-ray of a hip and imagine the ball not being in the socket. Doesn't look too damn good. <laughs> but at the same time, it's not broken, right? So hopefully he does come back. Yeah. Taylor Heineke's not going to do a goddamn thing. You don't want anything to do with him fantasy-wise. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I would just keep an eye on him like later on in the season. Championship run, maybe. I so really... then you're you're worried about Scary Terry and and possibly Curtis Samuel? I, I would be at this point. I haven't really looked at uh I'll be honest, I haven't seen game film of Tyler or Taylor Heineke in the game. Can he drive the ball down the field? Is is he a slinger? Is he can he do stuff like that? Because obviously they're gonna be in a point where they're probably uh getting into a point where they're behind in the late yeah. Uh, like fourth quarter of games, and they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. So Heineke was in, which favors Scary Terry. Was in grad school last year when Washington called him <laughs> and asked him to come play in the playoffs because they had all the injuries at quarterback. Um, so he was, and, and he came in and and played pretty well. I mean, um, so I I think I think Scary Terry will be all right, and I think uh, like I said, Gibson will be okay, but. Get any deeper than that, it's it's getting troublesome. Right, so as our, I think Scary Terry goes down, Gibson stays the same. What do you think, Irby? Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. Um, I'm not like worried about a total drop off for Scary Terry by any means, um, but I certainly would expect a dip. Or the vice versa, the opposite of that coin though is that Heineke has such a good report, just Scary Terry. That's the only guy he throws to, you know, a la Derek Carr and Darren Waller, uh, that like actually boosts his fantasy relevant so i keep an eye on it for a week or two before you make any like harsh decisions i mean to, for most people though you're probably starting mclaurin regardless of who his quarterback is because like who else are you going to start in front of about your receiver spot yeah. in most cases true and you you spent the draft capital on him like what are you going to do you know so at this point he lost the starting quarterback i don't think you're going to be able to trade him for what you spent on him in the draft i don't think you're going to get your return back. So uh, you just kind of have to hang on and and hope for the best. Well, hey, well, if you're someone like me, a scary Trey, (laughs) who's probably not going to start scary Terry after Fitzpatrick went down on my team. Well, stay tuned. We'll we'll talk about guys you want to pick up here in a second as far as wide receivers that you want to uh, get a hold of if you are feeling weary about scary Terry. Honestly, I think Scary Terry is still a solid flex play week in, week out. Yeah, and and who knows, maybe the the current – manager of, of Terry McLaurin is a little wary and you can go get him for a discounted price. Who that's knows? that's a good point. But well, basically what you're saying is Scary Terry is a wide receiver three at this point, which is not where he's drafted at though. No. It's just kind of like the whole discussion that we're having right now. So obviously he's still worthy of starting if you're struggling at flex and if you are struggling at receiver and you're really trying to make that deep run, maybe make a trade. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's move on to our waiver wire additions, uh, for the week. I guess we'll start at the top and just work our way down here. So number one, one waiver wire ad, um, probably across the board in the fantasy industry right now is Elijah Mitchell, uh, 19 attempts, 104 yards, 5.4 yards per carry and a touchdown on Sunday, uh, looked pretty good uh 16.4 fantasy football points in ppr um so this is you know the situation where it's like well how you know does trey sermon come back and and be the guy next week in my opinion like elijah mitchell is worth an ad obviously worth a, a waiver wire claim people are talking about spending like 20 to 30 percent of their fab on him and i don't know how much i agree with that uh because Trey Sermon, I think, will they they're gonna see what they have in Trey Sermon. It's not, I mean, 
They spent a third round draft pick on him. Um, they spent a sixth round draft pick on Elijah Mitchell. So that's a lot of draft capital to spend on somebody to just, to not even see what they got. So especially with Mostert out now, I think Kyle Shanahan came into that game thinking he would have Mostert for the whole game. And then when he went down was probably like, Oh shit, you know, (laughs) well, uh, you know, let's bring in Elijah Mitchell and Jamichael Hasty, our, our special teams guy. And, and, hopefully get a win here against the worst team in the league. Uh, but so I think, I think he's worth an ad, but I think Trey Sermon comes back and takes this job. Probably all he probably becomes the lead guy pretty soon. I mean, you're probably right. But at the same time, I mean, the way Kyle Shanahan has ran these running backs, it's very similar to new England where he's just going to run with a hot hand. You never know who's yeah. going to start week in week out. And who's and who you can really trust? So, right. for me, honestly, I'm going to stay away from all 49 running backs in terms of starting them until there's some kind of consensus, which may not ever actually come. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. I, you took the words right out of my mouth. Man. Just like New England's backfield, you you don't never know who's going to be the guy scoring points, especially with the 49ers. They score even more points than the uh, Patriots' backfield was ever scoring. It seems like whoever gets the majority of the carries is basically getting around 15 to 20 points every time but who's gonna do it you don't even know it's a carousel every time man and just like you i don't i have no interest in being a part of that at all but if you're really really struggling at running back and you gotta if you're in a fab like uh fab bidding like free agency waiver wire pickups you definitely want to go in on a 49ers running back if you have yeah no hope left i think we've (laughs) seen how valuable the 49er running back position can be in fantasy football it's if you can get the right guy, it's it's a valuable, valuable running back. Um, to spend thirty percent of your budget on Mitchell right now, uh, I I feel more comfortable in like the 15 percent maybe, uh, just because it's so murky. One dollar, yeah, one dollar, <laughs> one dollar. No, but really, I mean, if you're comfortable at running back, I wouldn't go crazy trying to get Mitchell because I think Sermon still has a place in this offense clearly he's gonna get his shot too so and probably next week so i mean and then when you think you got it figured out yeah most it comes back from injury i'm <laughs> telling you folks just yeah. just quit doing it just just forget <laughs> it's, the it's 49ers a, backfield yeah tough one to figure out if you if you can get lucky and get the right guy you're you're set but like you know like we said it, the chances are are tough uh, moving on to the next guy, Christian Kirk, uh, receiver for the Arizona Cardinals. Um, you know, everyone was kind of sleeping on this guy cause it's like, he's supposed to break out for really the last two seasons. I think this is year four now for him. Uh, it might finally be his breakout season. Um, Kyler Murray obviously looked incredible in my opinion. I mean, just making some dynamic throws on the run off balance Looked really, really good. And uh, Christian Kirk finished five for 70, five targets, two touchdowns. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on Christian Kirk? Is he worth going after? I mean, if he's available in your league, for sure. I mean, I don't know what his roster percentage is at right at this moment. Um, I'm sure it's creeping up there you know, with every passing minute. Um, I still don't see him as more of a, of a flex play. You still have, you know, the, your number one guy there. Yeah. And uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Hopkins, who's always going to have a, t- a massive target share. Yep. Uh, they did. He, they went towards AJ Green a couple times, but yeah. he looks pretty much washed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, I never expected anything from AJ Green this year. Everybody who did, like, sorry, you're smoking crack. Yeah. Um, but I would say Kirk would definitely a uh, fan of uh, flex play. Uh, Tyler, you were wondering his, at least on ESPN, currently he is rostered in 3.6% of leagues and he was wow. started in 0.2 percent this week so he definitely should be for... rostered in, in a lot more leagues than that um like okay if you guys had to choose an ad christian kirk or sterling shepherd who would you rather roster sterling shepherd oh no i would go kirk because i have a lot more confidence in kyler murray getting him the yeah. ball than daniel jones i would go kirk too I think if Kirk can really establish himself in that wide receiver two role, I mean, if Kyler Murray's playing like that every week, that's a valuable wide receiver two. So, 
Yeah, uh, if you're on the uh, Sleeper app like we are, Kirsten Kirk was rostered on 20% of rosters this week. So, widely available. Uh, that's interesting. It's actually pretty low. Uh, I wonder if AJ Green's even higher, just, just because of name, you know? Yeah. J- just from watching the game, though, you could tell that he he's he seems like to be more, more of a decoy at this point, kind of like Larry Fitz later in his career. Someone that just kind of out there drawing attention. Yeah, but the thing is, like, at least Fitzgerald was, like, slightly productive up until his final year where, like, A.J. Green's been, you know, barely playing because of injury the last, you know, three years. Yeah. And even when he has been on the field, he doesn't look like, you know, the A.J. Green we've known for so long, even not even close to it. So I think A.J. Green at this point really is just trying to go somewhere he thinks maybe he can win a championship. So would you rather have yeah. Christian Kirk or Darnell Mooney? Christian Kirk. Ah, oh, that hurts to say. <laughs> I love Mooney, man. Christian Kirk. That one's tough. Um, I'd probably lean Kirk right now also. Again, just because I'm going to trust Kyler Murray getting him the ball over you know the yeah. red rifle. I would go Mooney just because I've been pretty high on him, and I'm not, I'm not going to jump ship after week one. Um, I think hopefully Justin Fields becomes a starter soon, and uh, – and we see Mooney take off. You're not the only one. He, Mooney is rostered in more ESPN leagues than Christian Kirk. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, there's a bunch of hype in the preseason for him. And so, rightfully so, he should be rostered in more than Christian Kirk. I mean, certainly one of the most hyped guys in preseason football. I've seen in all, probably years, though. Like, he was like everyone's sleeper pick. It's like he's not a sleeper when everyone is fucking talking about him. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's the thing. Everyone trying to, tries to, you know, predict the breakout receivers. And he was one that was easy to say, Hey, he could break out with Justin Fields, you know, I mean, cause you saw the separation he gets, um, especially got all last year. Oh, th- th- those videos were basically memes last year. Yeah. <laughs> him just running around wide open while yeah. Trubisky's like, where should the ball go? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to, uh, some next targets here. Um, the new Orleans saints tight end, essentially, uh, I talked a little bit about these guys in our last episode, Juwan Johnson, Adam man. <laughs> and Adam Troutman. Um, so for me, I, you know, I kind of saw this coming. I think Jameis Winston likes to target uh, tight ends. And um, Juwan Johnson is just kind of a freak. Adam Troutman was drafted to be a, a stud receiving receiver uh, tight end. Um, so they definitely want to get these guys involved and see if one of them kind of takes off with the job, or maybe they'll keep utilizing both of them. Johnson had three catches for 21 yards and two touchdowns highly, you know, all his targets were essentially red zone targets. Um, but don't sleep on Adam Troutman because he led the saints with six targets. He only caught three for 18 yards, but Troutman played in 83% or Troutman was in on 83% of the plays uh, while Johnson was only in for 18% of their offensive plays. So it's kind of like pick your poison. I mean, one of these guys I think is going to be a fantasy asset. I don't, I don't know if two can be sustained. And right now it's like, I'm leaning towards John Johnson because the red zone production, um, you know, those two t- touchdowns, even though he only had three catches for 20 yards, he got you two tuds and that's, uh, that's a valuable fantasy tight end because the position is so thin. So for me, I think both these guys are worth an ad. If you can only get one of them, Juwan Johnson is probably the more available guy, but, um, Troutman's out there in a lot of leagues also. Uh, but try to get one of them because I think there's going to be some value here on the Saints t- at, at tight end. So uh, what are you guys' thoughts on on them? Oh, man. I, it's a typical tight end situation that I see and just instantly uh, have no interest in. You have a guy who gets high targets, and then you have a guy who scores the touchdowns on no targets, something I'm usually not interested in t- uh, as far as fantasy goes. Yeah. But uh, in recent years in fantasy football, you really got to pay attention to the guys that are getting touchdowns. On um, very few position. looks, yeah. yeah, because I mean, once you get past the top three, it's a huge, uh, it's a huge cliff, and you're falling off, and you're basically only getting guys that are scoring touchdowns. So we'll see if Jawan Johnson can be that guy that's continuously scoring touchdowns without mm-hmm. a huge amount of targets and volume, like we saw uh, Darren Waller today with like 20 targets. Yeah, he's obviously not a guy like that, but I mean, Jawan Johnson scores two touchdowns and gets what uh, 21 yards. 
I mean, that's 14 points. He almost has as many points as Darren Waller on, you know, one-sixth of the targets. So, obviously, touchdowns are worth it, and uh, I would definitely go for Juwan Johnson if you can. Yeah. Uh, Depending on what league you're on, I mean, Troutman was only rostered in 20% of leagues on Sleeper app this week. So, he's still very very much available, and I'm leaning Troutman. Um, I know Juwan Johnson got you, you know, a couple tutters, but... I mean, the, honestly, I'm not even looking at the target share. I'm looking at the snap count. 83% of snaps for for Troutman versus only 18% for Juwan Johnson. Yeah, that's, it's I mean, that's a big difference. That's, touchdowns are as fluky as they can be for a tight end position. 18% of snaps, that's even more fluky to get to get anywhere near this production for the rest of the year. Yeah, like I said, it was basically two tight end red zone targets for Juwan Johnson in two tight end sets. Uh, so Troutman was usually out there too. Um, Troutman's obviously the guy they have in there for run plays as well for run blocking. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, ugh. I, I've been honestly like in deep dynasty leagues, I have both of them <laughs> on my bench just cause I'm waiting for one to really kind of take the, the lead role. But, um, anyways, I think Juwan Johnson's worth an ad right now. Uh, both of them are, uh, moving on Terrace Marshall in Carolina. This guy is kind of more of a sleepy waiver wire ad th- this week. He obviously didn't have a huge game, but I think he's going to and I think you're going to continue to see Robbie Anderson uh fall off a bit. Um I was not high on Robbie Anderson this year because uh there's a quarterback change. Uh they're getting CMC back and I felt like Teddy Bridgewater just hyper targeted Robbie Anderson last year. And I don't know if it was a chemistry thing or or what, but I felt like Robbie Anderson was just hyper-targeted. And so um, I feel like that's going to change, and it has been changing. Marshall played uh, 52% of the snaps, um, but still saw six targets, which was more than Robbie Anderson, who only had three. Marshall only finished with three reception for 26 yards, but he's a downfield playmaking uh, type of receiver, really good with contested catches. Um, my advice is to get him on your bench before he blows up with a big game and then everyone's bidding on him. You could probably get him, if he's still available in your league, you could probably get him for free. Don't have to spend any fab. So uh, worth worth a look for sure if you got some room before he blows up. I'm not nearly as high on him as you are. I still think there's a lot left in the whole Robbie Anderson, Sam Darnold connection. Yeah. And I mean, we're, we're first game of the season, um, anything can happen. Ooh, things are going to change. We're getting vil- uh, film on teams, film on players we've never seen. Thing- things are just going to change. The, the first couple of weeks of the fantasy season are the hardest, man. You're trying to figure out what's going on, what's going to be the constant throughout the season. And I genuinely believe that Robbie Anderson's going to definitely have a bounce back and still some of those targets away that you think uh Terrace Marshall's gonna be getting. Yeah, I gotta agree with Trey here actually. Um Robbie Anderson when he had Sam Darnold in New York, which was a terrible offense as we all know, mm-hmm. was still actually a startable fantasy receiver. So I don't foresee that changing in a much better offense, even though there's you know more mouths feet because better playmakers. All that means is that there's a more likelihood that you know Robbie Anderson is actually open instead of being you know double covered on a shitty Jets offense. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I just I I think Terrace Marshall just um, the physical traits. I mean, he looks like a he's going to be a long time NFL receiver. So yeah. Dynasty leagues definitely pick him up. Well, I think you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I mean, I agree in terms of Marshall being like a stud going forward. I just don't think it's going to be this year in particular. Yeah. Or if it it is this year, it's going to be, you know, put, get halfway into the season when they finally start to like figure out how to use him properly. Because he is a playmaking stud. You know, he's six foot two, 200 pounds. Like he's built for the NFL where Robbie Anderson, you know, he's tall and skinny and not even all that, not even all that fast or shifty, but like, he just... I don't, I don't know if he is like... Just Looks out of place. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know if he just has like this weird, just like savviness to him that gets him open because he tends to be open all the time. Right. Um, but he definitely seems kind of out of place in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, moving on to our next guy. Um, Kenneth Gainwell, running back uh, in Philadelphia. 
Uh, I kind of had my eye on him all preseason just because the reports were really high on Gainwell. He looked really good in camp. Um, you can line him up at receiver, at running back, and he's able to make plays kind of all over the field. So obviously from a fantasy perspective, that's pretty valuable if he can get enough work. Um, I was pretty surprised at the amount of work that he did get in week one. Boston Scott really wasn't involved at all. Um, and it was kind of the Miles Gan- Miles Sanders and, and Gainwell show. Um, Gainwell played 36% of the snaps, nine carries for 37 yards and a touchdown, along with two catches for six yards on three targets. So he clearly has a role in the offense um, and can steal some time away from Miles Sanders, um, most likely on third downs and in the two-minute drill just because of his receiving ability. Um, so I, I like Kenneth Gainwell as an ad. I like spending a percentage of fab on him, you know, maybe in that 10% range. Um, because if anything happens to Miles Sanders, this is the guy to own and it's going to be, he's going to be the number one waiver wire, um, ad if anything happens to Miles Sanders at all. So, um, and even if not, he still can produce for you in that, um, kind of flex consideration. Um, so I like Kenneth Gainwell. I think it's his stock is just continuing to rise. What do you guys think? Yeah. I mean, he is clearly, he did already carve out a role in this offense, which is pretty impressive for, you know, having Miles Sanders, who's a very good back, but is a back that has some injury history and, you know, doesn't seem to be able to stay on the field all that much. He is kind of slight for, for being an NFL running back. Um, and you know, certainly that's going to lead, lead towards that. Um, I think you're right about like, if you're going to get on him, get on him now while you can. Cause the second, if Miles Sanders does get hurt and misses even just a week or two, Kenneth Gainwell is automatically the number one ad. Yeah. So jump, you know, get to the line first, not last. Yeah. That's why I was drafting him all <laughs> anywhere I could really. Um, but as, as we got closer and closer to the beginning of the season, he got more and more popular. People started taking him a little bit earlier, but yeah, beginning of August, he was like, you could take him last pick every single draft. So, um, Trey, you got any thoughts on game? Well, no, I do not. On to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> it's been covered. Mm-hmm. Those um, are my thoughts. <laughs> so, uh, next guy on our list here, Jameis Winston, um, rostered in only 26% of leagues. Uh, I assume that's sleeper or I'm not sure which platform that note is from, but, uh, yeah, that was from Sleeper. Okay. Um, he went 14 for 20, only threw 148 yards, and somehow threw five touchdowns on the Green Bay Packers. Mostly because of Kevin King. Yes, I'm a Packers fan. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, yesterday uh, was a tough day, and so is today. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I'll just hop in here. This is an obvious waiver wire ad. Um, this is someone I honestly on deeper leagues I would I would consider like drafting. I just figured he was gonna have a good season. Everyone that's been watching Jameis Winston knows what he's capable of, especially with his offense with Sean Payton as coach. And we saw what was possible on on twenty passes. He threw five touchdowns. He's only rostered in twenty six percent of the leagues on ESPN, and um, it's pretty encouraging to see that Taysom Hill only had three plays on offense. Everyone's really worried about that. Obviously, things are going to fluctuate. We'll see. There'll probably be a lot of games where he, he might even touch like double digit as far as like touches for Taysom Hill. But uh, Jameis Winston obviously still has it, and he's still slinging it, man. Five touchdowns on 20 passes. That looks pretty damn good, man. And uh, so obvious, that's an obvious waiver wire ad, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I told you guys this last week. Uh, James Winston is a type of guy, quarterback, that could win you a league this year. I think he's going to go off. Obviously, the yardage wasn't quite there this week, but... He threw for more than 30% or I'm sorry, 30, more than 30% of his completions were touchdowns. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and don't expect that weekend. And we got, if you do like, like, come on, like be realistic. But like, I do expect James Winston to have a very large year and cut way back on his turnovers. So I think again, James Winston needs to be rostered in all leagues. Hey, my fiance just got LASIK and she's singing the praises. <laughs> <laughs> That's two people that I know. So I, yeah, if I had one thing to add, I would just say don't, you know, temper expectations for James Winston. Also, like 
don't go crazy just because you know he threw five touchdowns against the back. It was a really weird game. Um, the Packers just didn't look ready to play at all. Um, so I, this isn't a Packers recap. It's not a Packers, John. you know, sob story or whatever. But I'm just saying, Sounds don't like go it. starting Jameis Winston over like your elite quarterback that you drafted early and you picked up Jameis at the bottom of the draft, like. I don't know if you even like Aaron Rodgers, like if I had Aaron Rodgers and Jameis next week, I'm starting Aaron Rodgers over Jameis. Well, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is playing Detroit. Exactly. But there's people out there that, you know, they saw what Aaron Rodgers did this last week and they saw what Jameis did and they're in there. You know, it's an emotional game. So I would just say temper expectations, definitely stash them on your bench, but don't go crazy. I'm going crazy. <laughs> yeah. I'm going crazy. Uh, or go crazy if you want. Uh, next guy, Sterling Shepard. I uh, mentioned him earlier, but 24.9% uh, rostered um, in sleeper. Uh, had nine targets, seven receptions, 113 yards, and one touchdown. Uh, so he led uh, New York in all categories uh, for receiving. So... Definitely, um, you know, Kenny Galladay has been dealing with some injury, um, so I don't think he was 100% out there, but um, still Sterling Shepard, an impressive game. Your guys' thoughts on Sterling going forward? Um, I, I would add him in almost every league because this isn't just this one game. Him and Daniel Jones had a connection all of last season too. Sterling Shepard was a very, you know, easy, easy – you could start him almost every week with Daniel Jones, except for when Daniel Jones, you know, was – doing weird Daniel Jones things like fumbling five times. But, uh, (laughs) but I mean, he was his favorite target all of last year. I don't see that changing a whole lot, even though he might not be as talented as Kenny Galladay, a rapport with a quarterback is everything. Yeah, for sure. Um, let me ask you this, uh, with your next guy that you have on the list, would you rather have Sterling or Nelson Aguilar? Would you, which one would you pick up? If you can only pick up one. Ooh, that one's, that one's tough. I'd probably go Aguilar. Because wow. I think he's going to get a more consistent target share. Um, I mean, in New England, it's you know Aguilar and there's uh, Jacoby Jones or Jacoby Myers. Myers I mean, yeah. And uh, Which, those are two guys. Hyped. Myers has been hyped pretty heavily. Yeah, and I mean, I was you know, I'm on Myers. I still think he can break out, but obviously Aguilar, similar Sterling Shepard, led them in all you know receiving categories this last week. Yeah, and that might not change. What about you, Trey? If you had to roster one, Aguilar or Shepard? Oh, man, I'm going Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> Nelly, baby. It's Get getting hot in here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so speaking of Nelson Aguilar, 30% rostered. Um, seven targets, uh, caught five, uh, 72 yards, and a touchdown. He led New England all receiving categories. Um, he's only started in – less than 1% of leagues on ESPN. So like I, we just said, Jacoby Myers was kind of the guy everyone was looking to start in New England. And I had a funny feeling that Nelson might surprise some people as kind of the dark horse, um, you know, especially if Mac Jones took over. So what are your guys' thoughts on Nelson? Pick him up, man. You got to do it now. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I saw him do it all year on the Raiders last year. It's very inconsistent. I will admit, as far as his production, at least it was on the Raiders. We know what he was doing on the Eagles, but I believe he is a rebuilt man. And on the Patriots, he could definitely be very, very worthy. Why not pick him up? Like he was like uh, like Jim was saying, uh, started in less than one percent of leagues. Even if he's rostered, whoever likes him or whoever has him doesn't like him. <laughs> yeah. So try to get a hold of him, man. I mean, he had seven targets, and these weren't. Um, these were a range of targets from short, mid-range, deep targets, caught that touchdown. You know, uh, Nelson Aguilar obviously is a very dynamic receiver, and he could be used in a lot of positions, and so he's going to get you catches and yards and hopefully touchdowns just because of uh, uh, his how he can be utilized in different positions on the offense. Yeah, I mean, and if you look at the reports coming from out of training camp that Mac Jones and uh, Nelson Aguilar were starting to build a pretty good rapport already. Um, which is pretty impressive for you know them only spending a few weeks together. Mm-hmm. So that could I think that's gonna continue to move forward. I think yeah, you know, in the long run, Jacoby Myers is probably still your better play. Uh, I think Jacoby Myers is the more dynamic player between the two of them, and overall would probably the more talented one. But clearly, he's still trying to f- figure it out. 
he's still a young guy himself, and Nelly's kind of a known commodity at this point. Right. Uh, our next guy on the list here, another receiver worth taking a look or stab at, uh, Cole Beasley. Uh, could be a PPR machine this year if he keeps up this type of target pace. 13 targets on Sunday. I was watching this game, a lot of this game, and uh, wow, I was just like, they just keep feeding Cole Beasley underneath. So if you're in a full PPR, for sure, uh, <laughs> go get this guy. Eight catches for 60 yards. Uh, your guys' thoughts on Cole? I mean, this is the exact same thing we saw all of last year. Yeah. It was the Fawn digs deep. It was Cole Beasley underneath, and that was the Bills' offense. And it worked for the most part. So, um, obviously, they still need to get a running game going a little bit because that's what was kind of their demise in the playoffs. But we're talking about fantasy football, not real football. So, yeah. I mean, in, P- in full, full-blown PPR, Cole Beasley should absolutely be picked up. I would say, yeah, it kind of did seem like the Bills' offense as a whole kind of struggled. Um, you know, Stefan Diggs really couldn't get involved heavily. And so I think a lot of that was just kind of dump off to Cole Beasley because nothing else was really there. But, you know, if the game script goes his way, he could have games like this and be a nice flex for you. Like we said, especially in full PPR. Yeah, really only in full PPR is like why I wanted to bring him up. If you're in a full PPR, like you definitely want to get your hands on somebody like Cole Beasley. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and also, though, I mean, I wouldn't worry. That's probably just a product of this game. They were playing the Steelers, who have a good defense and a very good pass rush, and they were getting to to Josh Allen quickly. So I wouldn't worry too much about Stephon Diggs, like, not producing. He's still going to do, you know, get his. I think this Cole Beasley was going off on this game because of, you know, just the, the nature of the game, the, the way it went. Yeah. Um, but he's still definitely worth a roster at in basically every league, especially extremely high roster at in PPR leagues. Yeah, that's why I wanted to bring it up because it's like if he's, I mean, thirty percent of leagues he's available. If you're in a full PPR and he's available, there's absolutely no reason to not at least have him just on your bench. It makes no sense. This next guy definitely um, rostered in probably most leagues, um, but I've probably got to bring him up. Right, Rob Gronkowski was only started in twenty eight percent of the ESPN leagues, but rostered in seventy. Uh, eight of eight targets. He caught eight of eight targets. 90 yards and two tuds. We saw them actively try to get him involved um, in the game plan. And it looks like Gronk's going to be heavily involved as long as he can stay healthy and stay fresh. It's a long season and he's definitely an older player, but um, I mean, this guy could be your backup tight end, right? If you drafted him late. So, um, and if he's still available, definitely a hundred percent go pick him up. Um, well, he is my backup tight end, and I did draft him late. <laughs> and you didn't start And him. I did not start him. <laughs> and he scored about 25 points. So, yeah, I, I do have Gronk on my team. The, the real reason I want to talk about Gronk is uh, I don't really think that's, like, sustainable, what he's doing. I was watching the game, 8 of 8 targets. I mean, it's a really pretty stat line. Everything that he did was 8 of 8 for 90 yards, yeah, 88, 90 yards, and two touchdowns. It's just not going to happen. He, you, you can just tell from watching the game, he's not uh, – have he doesn't have the speed that he used to have it's he's right. just a big body floating around around there and basically tom brady just forcing it into him yeah teams are going to figure that out that's not going to be consistent so if you if you do have him on your team or really if you don't have him on your team and you can pick him up just, just trade him real quick just try to get something else for him that, that, that would be my go-to choice for gronk is just uh try to capitalize on the value right now because that is not sustainable yeah i mean i think they do a good job of game planning him in and obviously the chemistry between Brady and Gronk is second to none. So if you don't have a tight end, I would suggest keeping him. But definitely if he's if you if you have like Waller or something or Kelsey or Kittle or Mark Andrews and Gronk's just sitting on your bench and you're gonna struggle with that decision week to week, maybe for your own sanity, throw him in a trade and see what kind of trade you can come up with, what kind of value you can get back. Yeah, I mean I'm not I don't expect this to see this from Gronk like ever the rest of the season, honestly. Yeah. He'll probably have certain games that are slightly productive and we'll get a touchdown here or there. The issue, like with Tampa Bay, there's so many targets and so many mouths to feed on right. that offense. I mean, you you saw Antonio Brown go off too. And, you know, Antonio Tom Brady loves Antonio Brown so much so that he's had Antonio Brown living with him for over a year now. Yeah. And, you know, to keep him out of trouble. 
And that clearly, it, I, that has to mean something. But at the same time, like you have, you know, those two add in Godwin, add in Mike Evans. And you're like, who, who can you really trust? Uh, it's really tough. That's I mean, why even, I kind of faded the whole offense this year in drafts because I was like, I I was a Mike Evans manager last year, and I was like, I'm never doing this again because it's he was the most frustrating player to have last year, in my opinion, because exactly what he did this week, week one, he gave you nothing. So I mean, and he's gonna do that probably five or six more times throughout the, throughout right. the season. And every game so. in between, he's gonna go off. Yeah, exactly. And it's like you're going and to those struggle. are the games where you bench him is when he goes off, and yep. then you're gonna start him, and he does nothing. And I did that all last. It's year gonna be a struggle for probably all of those players week in week out. Yeah. And the thing is, like, like especially with Godwin and Evans, like, can you like are you really gonna be able to like tell yourself, oh, I I'm gonna sit them? Like, can you really tell yourself to do that? Right. So yeah, like save save yourself the trouble. Uh, our next guy on our list, also probably pretty heavily rostered, but um, Darnell Mooney. Uh, we spoke on him a little earlier. Uh, super hyped most of the preseason. I think for most football enthusiasts, they understood that if Justin Fields gets this job, Darnell Mooney could be a breakout. Um, seven targets, five catches, 23 yards. Not a great game, but he also, I believe, was dealing with some injury and they also played against um, the Los Angeles Rams, so the number one defense in the league. So a uh, tough matchup for sure. For me, he's a trade target. Um, go try to get this guy in trades if you can. Eventually, Justin Fields will take over, at least play more. Um, but even if not, Darnell Mooney will get some better matchups going forward, and he's going to have some big games. So go go trade for him. Definitely pick him up if he's not rostered in your league somehow. What do you, you guys have any additional thoughts? Yeah, Mooney, Mooney to the moon, man. I'm <laughs> telling you, it, just trade someone on your uh, on your bench for Mooney if he's on somebody else's bench. Just try it. Why not? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I have him in a lot of leagues, and a lot of people have just sent me pretty crappy trades for him, thinking you know I'll sell low because of his one week where I didn't even start him because I knew he was playing the Rams, and I knew this probably was going to happen. So, um, anyways. Yeah, I don't have much more to comment on that. Honestly, Dar- so much has been spoke about and written about on Darnell Movie all off season. Like, if you don't know who he is at this point, then like, what are you? What, what are you doing? All right. Yeah. Now it's time for Trey Jose's deep defensive waiver wire <laughs> ad of the week. It is. Yeah, if you're really struggling and you just need uh, just someone to put on your bench because you got an open position and you can't fill it with anyone, uh, just throw Arizona's defense on there. They're probably going to get picked up, but if not, just throw them on there and stash them. You're going to play Jacksonville in week three. There you go. So, you know, if you're looking for a deep play, pick up Arizona's defense if you can. Hold, hold, on, to, hold on to them for a couple weeks and play them against Jacksonville week three. Honestly, you might even be able to play them in week two against Minnesota. They yeah. just put up 18 points. And they had six sacks. Yeah, Minnesota's offensive line sucks. You don't think Chandler Jones can go can put another two or three sacks on the board? I okay, you could. it's not a stash anymore. Pick them up, start them <laughs> right now for the next two weeks. You start got them. A, don't a sit. solid defense. You don't have to worry about finding another streamer for a couple weeks. I got one more point. I didn't put it on our list, but all of the five rookie quarterbacks. If you have the shot to get go get one of them, um, specifically yeah. between the between uh, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, and Justin Fields because they have the running capability. If they're available in your league, go pick them up and stash them. They're mm-hmm. going to end up having really good years, um, and they're going to end up being viable fantasy quarterbacks, especially late in the year. Yeah, this is that's exactly why I was drafting yeah. these guys. Pretty much in every single draft, I would take a flyer on one of them, you know, in double-digit rounds. And uh, I really like Zach Wilson or Trey Lance. Um, so if Zach Wilson's still available, I think in a lot of leagues, I would go pick him up immediately if you can. And I would be willing to spend a decent amount of, of fab on him too. If you don't have a solidified quarterback or if you're in a dynasty league, obviously. So moving on to our next segment, real fake or need more evidence. These are topics we bring up, um, from the weekend where we kind of decide if this is a real trend, if it's, um, if there's really no truth behind it, fake news, fake news, (laughs) or if we need to see a little bit more before we can make a decision 
or what I would like to call a cop out. <laughs> so, right. um, and I don't do those. No. <laughs> so our, our first topic here um, on Real Fake Need More Evidence is do we need to worry about the Packers offensive weapons? Uh, I'll let you guys start. Uh, that's going to be a resounding fuck no. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like, it's one week. It was weird. We don't know what happened. Um, but the, all you need to really worry about is week two, they play the Lions. Trust me, I'm starting Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, probably A.J. Dillon if I can, and maybe even Bob Tanya too. Tanya, sorry. It's Tanya like yeah. Funyuns. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you'll say fake news on that one then, obviously. Oh. The biggest fake news. Biggest yeah. fake news since are, Donald are Trump. Are we just saying fake? Are we, <laughs> oh, are we saying fake or fake news? Does it matter? Does it fake? Whatever. Yeah, I'm gonna say fake news. Also, man, it, it's way too early. I didn't see the game, but I already know what the Packers are capable. I've seen a lot of their games, and they basically have the same roster, especially offensively. So um, I don't know what everyone's tripping about. We're early in the season, and they added a game this year. Maybe Aaron Rodgers is dicking off because he he knows. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to add too much to this. I would say um, definitely don't worry about it. I think we had like three possessions like in the first half. Like is, That's what it seemed like. We definitely didn't have the – and when I say we, I'm talking about the Packers – bit of a Packers fan sorry we is his preferred um, pronoun no the Packers only had like a, like I think it was like three possessions up until like this middle of the second quarter so I mean they really didn't have the ball they kind of the defense got ran all over um New Orleans did a great job of melting the clock when they had the ball it was just a weird game and it got out of hand really quickly and so obviously don't go sell Devontae Adams cheap I'd say if you have Rodgers, play him next week with confidence. Um, and keep an eye out on guys like Marquez Val- Valdez-Scantling, um, Alan Lazard. One of these guys, Randall Cobb, one of these guys is going to start making some plays. So if I had to bet, probably MVS because he has the deep threat ability and he had a really good training camp is what's been said. So Alan Lazard is definitely kind of a run-blocking specialist, but um, yeah, MVS is worth a stash, I think. Randall Cobb wasn't really involved, and I think mostly because the game got out of hand pretty quickly. But um, yeah, I wouldn't worry about it, and I would look to stash uh, MVS. Our next topic, uh, can the Cardinals passing game keep this up? Yes, they definitely can. <laughs> I've been on this all off season. Every single mock draft I've been doing for months, I've just been picking up Kyler Murray because I know, I know what's going to happen this year. Kyler Murray, fantasy MVP. I'm telling you, he's going to have a crazy season. Yeah, yeah. No, they just have too many weapons, man. And then with a uh, Cliff Kingsbury at the helm, just dialing things up. Kyler Murray flying around, making plays. It's just a really fun team to watch. Uh, I'm in no way a Cardinals fan at all. I have no reason to really watch the Cardinals than other to be entertained, and that's all that happens. <laughs> it's a great game, and they're they're playing great football, man. And yes, they can keep it up. Why why wouldn't they be able to keep it up, barring an injury? Really? I, I yeah, I was on the same train. Um, I felt like Kyler Murray was a great fourth round draft pick. I felt like he was a steal in the fifth round. And all that is starting to become true because, I mean, some of the plays he made during that game were pretty incredible. Uh, thrown on the run, um, the one really deep pass to Christian Kirk in the end zone, he was like falling backwards, like feet weren't set at all. Just a total um, off-balance throw that was perfect. And and he can run. He is quick as shit man he is so he's so tough to bring down because he's so shifty um yeah he's he gives you everything you want in a fantasy quarterback and i think they are going to keep it up well uh i'm gonna need more evidence i'm pushing on this one so here's the deal we've seen this every year with cliff with cliff kingsbury at Colin plays they start off the year hot. They're like, people aren't sure what to do. And then they seem to always fall off towards the end of the year. People figure it out. And he cannot adapt. Not to mention, with Kyler Murray's rushing ability, which is phenomenal, he puts himself in harm's way a lot. That's what happened last year. He was, you know, you know, arguably, he was, you know, probably top five in the MVP voting halfway through the year. Then he hurt his shoulder. 
and then everything goes downhill and the entire offense fell off a cliff. The only person I'm, I, I, you can count as long as he's healthy, Kyler Murray, you're always obviously starting him and you're starting Dondre Hopkins outside of that. I will be worried about starting some anybody else on this offense week in and week out until we can see a true consensus of this actually being a real thing. How do you feel about Chase Edmonds? Oh, God. <laughs> man. Oh, man. I'll, I'll just say this. Um, I'm still up in the air about him, but damn, that boy looked Good. fast. Yeah. Holy moly. Every time he had the ball, the first time he had the ball, I didn't know he was number two. Yeah. I was like, who the fuck is that? And I was like, "Oh, it's Chase Edmonds, mm-hmm. the guy I've been looked, looking uh, at." For all some reason, he season. looked better in the number two. Like he just looked better, like beastier. Yeah, like yeah, like, he looked bigger, like a creative player on Madden. Honestly, like, Chase seriously. Edmonds could be very good. They have James Conner there. It looks like he's gonna be a bit of a committee. I mean, he did only have twelve rushing attempts. Yeah, I mean, I know he, you know, he went out twelve rushing attempts on sixty three yards. It's a great average. Um, and he had four catches on four targets for 40 yards. So, yeah. like, that's going to be good. But I think there's going to be games you're going to see James Conner just take the, you know, the workload away from him. Mm-hmm. Um, that's dicey. I hope Ch- Chase Evans is my boy. Chase Evans was my boy all of last year, too, and yeah. never quite worked out. Uh, fuck Kenyon Drake. <laughs> um, but Thank you, Kenyon Drake. <laughs> it's just one of those things. I th- I think he's he's by far the better back. Obviously, I think so too. I, I mean, mean, there were some runs where James Conner looked, you know, it was like okay, but I think Chase Edmonds is the guy. I mean, if he can just get majority of the work and you know the game script go his way, I yeah. mean, you're talking about a guy that you picked up to be a flex. You know, your RB three four like. This isn't an RB2 you drafted, right? Unless you went zero RB or something like that. But, <laughs> um, whoops. But if he's, you know, if this is a guy that you can throw in your flex, you know, every other week or whatever, whenever you feel the matchup is right, then yeah, I mean, I think it's super valuable. Yeah. Like I said, Chase Edmonds is my boy. I drafted him all over the place last year. Um, and then this year I didn't draft him at all because he kind of burned me and I'm salty about it. Yeah. So <laughs> that's. That's one of the things that fantasy – it's tough to do, man, is, is redraft those guys that burned you the year prior. All right, our last and final topic here. Uh, can Jalen Hurts be a top five QB? He went 27 for 35, 264 yards, three touchdowns, 62 rushing yards. Um, Top five might be pushing it, but he's going to be really close. I mean – Nick Sirianni, as dumb as he sounds when he's in front of the podium, because dude can't answer a question, he he's a pretty damn good play caller and play designer. He made it so it was very easy for Jalen Hurts to make his reads. He saw you know guys were open all over the field. He you know he, clearly with his completion percentage twenty seven thirty five. Are you kidding me? Yeah, like that doesn't just happen out of luck. Like like those guys are schemed open and it worked. So if they can continue to do that against you know. Better a better defense than the Falcons because let's be honest, the Falcons defense is not good. Um, but if he can put up even close numbers like that against good defenses, he's gonna be a be a rock star in this league. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I'm uh, the past couple of years I've like really put an emphasis on like running quarterbacks, and I saw Jalen Hurts last year in those few games that he was in, and that really just skyrocketed him up my boards this year as far as the draft goes. And um, I think he can definitely be a top five quarterback just because of his rushing ability. And just to kind of touch on what uh, Tyler was saying, like um, yeah, the coach is obviously game planning for him to be successful in the passing game and still running the ball. I mean, he had 62 rushing yards. That's, that's just a free six points for you. Yeah. Six extra points. That, yeah. That's a huge deal. Yeah. If you can get that week in and week out, I mean, that's such a nice cherry on top of whatever else he does in the passing game. For me, I... I am going to lean towards need more evidence on this one just because... Didn't you say you don't do that? I know. I, <laughs> I just said that. But I'm not like I'm not convinced that he can't be top five just because of his ability to rush. I just don't think the Eagles are going to be great, and I don't think the Falcons are that good of a defense. So um, I think he took advantage of a, of a bad defense and you know did what what we thought he could do but i just week in and week out i don't see this happening so i think top 10 yeah like for sure i mean if you can if you can get five six seven points just from rushing week in and week out who knows maybe he runs one in or two in you know 
every once in a while. So yeah, for me, I'm going to need more evidence. I want to see him against some better defenses when some teams can kind of game plan around what he does well. Um, because I don't think teams have seen enough to totally game plan, game plan him yet either. So, um, that's always something that happens in the NFL defenses figure you out pretty quickly. So we, uh, we shall see. Yeah. I mean, to go specifically towards the segment top five, I'm saying fake, uh, yeah. like, but it's close. So I, if you, we change it to top 10, I'm saying absolutely. Yeah. Real. Top 10, I would say, but the thing is, if, sure. if, if we're thinking, if you're thinking top 10, then he's an absolute starter week in week out. You're talking about the top. I mean, most leagues are a 10 or 12 team league. If he's a top yeah. 10 quarterback, you should be starting him every week. No, definitely start him. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you saw what he could do. So yeah, definitely. He's a starter. I just don't know if I totally am willing to say he's going to be top five yet, but we knew the rushing ability was there. We knew, you know, he's a, he's a kid that, you know, showed some promise late in the year last year. So, um, I'm going to need to see a little bit more evidence, but top 10 for sure. Oh yeah. If you're not sold on the Hertz train, I mean, now's the time of year to just capitalize on interest and good games. And if you're not sold on it, then just trade the guy. Yeah. True that. Get something for it, man. It's an interesting time of year, man. Capitalize on these good games and these bad games. Well, that will do it tonight or today. Um, Make sure you follow us on Twitter for all the latest news um, at the Fantasy Football Fathers podcast on Twitter. Make sure you also follow us on Spotify so you can get all of our latest uh, episodes when we upload them. Uh, Look for our next episode Thursday morning for all of our starts and sits and where we'll go through, I think, all the games. All right. And choose our starters and sits. So look forward to hearing or talking to you guys again and take her easy. Deuces. Don't forget to spay and neuter your pets. (laughs) (laughs) we'll cut that out we'll cut that out